love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful. Love is not arrogant or rude. Love does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrong, but rejoices in the right. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. The words we just heard from the second reading today, taken from the first letter of Paul to the Corinthians, chapter 12. Praise be to our Lord Jesus Christ, both now and forever. It seems the church planned this reading to prepare us for St. Valentine. Because very soon, it will be the month of February, and love will be flying everywhere. And Father Felix Uche Asogwa of our communications department and the initiator of the movement Make Love Go Viral will be happy to hear these words proclaimed today. But I want to assure you, my dear friends, it is not easy. This love is not as sweet as it sounds. It is a hard nut to crack. In the first place, let us go back to the reading of last Sunday, both from the gospel and from the second reading. Last Sunday, we listened to Paul's letter to the Corinthians, first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 12, where he used the beautiful image of the body to describe our relationship as members of one family. Now, this family can be the human family. That is the entire human family of human beings. It can also be the family of God in Christ, the church, which was the group Paul was addressing specifically. And it can also be our small families of husband, wife, children, and others related in that way. That was the subject of the image that Paul used in the reading we listened to last Sunday. And his emphasis was, look, each part Every member of the world, every member of the church, every member of the family, every individual in the world has received some gift from God. 
And that gift, if we use it well and together, it will work wonders. And it is only in collaboration that we will succeed in making our family, our world, our church better. Before I go on, I want to ask a question, even though nobody will answer me that question. I think it was last Sunday that Nigeria lost to Tunisia in the ongoing competition of African Cup of Nations going on in Cameroon. Nigeria was eliminated by Tunisia by one goal to nil. Who caused the elimination of Nigeria? Are you laughing? Who caused the elimination of Nigeria? I know some will say it was caused by the referee. Well, I'm a referee myself. I won't take that blame. We have the rules of the ball game and we have 22 men playing according to those rules. And you apply the rules. At some point you make a mistake. But now we have the assistance of technology that checks the mistake that you may have made. Well, it may really be the referee. Why not? Because sometimes also they make inexplicable and inexcusable mistakes. Was it the referee? Some say it was caused... I know some girls will not be happy to hear this now. By the goalkeeper. You know, I don't think ladies watched Nigerian football as much as they watched it this time because of our goalkeeper. Because we know how handsome he is. And each time he was on the pitch, many of the ladies became interested. And many even knew his name. Very rare in football in Nigeria. But some say the goalkeeper caused that loss because he could have saved that long goal. Others say it was caused by the young man who was sent out because he made a very silly mistake that could not be excused and the referee had no option than to send him out. And for this, some even blame the referee because that, that offense did not merit a red card. Well, yesterday, Burkina Faso beat the same Tunisia, even though one of their players was sent out. So who caused our loss? The team. Who caused our loss? The team. All of them together, including the coach. All of them. It does not make any sense to blame any part of the body when we die. Is it the heart that stops beating? The heart stops beating sometimes because it no longer has enough oxygen. So, is the problem of the lungs? Are you sure of the nostrils we are supplying enough oxygen to the lungs? And you can give this excuse. Sometimes even we talk of the brain being dead. 
and the rest of the body is still functioning. But it is at that moment when the entire body is no longer able to work in a coordinated and harmonious way for the maintenance of life that a person dies. No matter what happens to the individual part, it is what happens to the entire human person that causes death. Who has put us in the trouble we are in Nigeria now? Our leaders? Will the leaders be doing what they are doing without the collaboration of all of us? The church. Some will say, the church. what is the church doing? And of course, when we say the church, bishops will say the priests. Priests will say the bishops. The faithful will say the priests and the bishops. And we say the faithful. Who is the church? All of us. In fact, when I hear that, when I hear the statement of Christ that a prophet is not without honor, except in his own country, in his own hometown. I also think it can be applied in our case in Nigeria, that a rogue, a thief, a bad politician is not without shame, or has shame everywhere, except in his own community, in his town, in his state, in his religious group, in his ethnic group. Because once the thief is bringing his loot to our town, He's a hero. Nobody ever finds any problem with what he does so long as we are benefiting from it. Elections are coming close now. And people are not interested about who, what character, what qualities the next leader of Nigeria should have. Many people are worried about where he should come from and what religion he practices. And so long as he is from my side or of my religion, whatever he does, that's okay. But Paul, after having enumerated all these things as gifts, tells them and tells us. All these gifts, however, are useless without one that holds all of them together, love. It is easy for us to talk about this love because maybe, for instance, on the day of weddings, we know that this reading is chosen by many couples. And we get very sentimental, very romantic about love. And we think, what Paul is talking about here is that strong emotion or passion we feel towards somebody with whom we are linked or with whom we want to be linked for life. Maybe yes, but maybe also not exactly. Here Paul was talking with a community of believers, a community that was divided by struggles and quarrels. We are different groups. People coming from different segments of the society. 
people favoring different teachings of various apostles and disciples were quarreling among one another. And Paul tells them, my dear brothers and sisters, we are wasting our resources. We are wasting our resources and the gifts God has given us because there is no love. And when it comes to Paul defining exactly what love is, he's not even capable of defining it. All he does is say two things. He uses only two affirmatives, affirmations. Love is this, love is this, twice. And then eight times he says what love is not. And towards the end again, about four times he says what love is. Defining in very short verses, four verses, four, five, six, and seven verses of the 13th letter of his first, 13th chapter of his first letter to the Corinthians. In those verses, he describes how love, the love he's referring to, operates. This love is patient. Patient with one another. Patient with the other person. Especially the person who is not measuring up to our standards. We are always eager to judge people. But we forget that the measure we use to judge people is not always the correct measure. Each of us is judging a person from the place or position he or she is standing in. Patient. This love is patient and it is kind. Kindness. It describes a type of, another word, magnanimity, magnanimous. It is large-hearted, large-spirited. It is accommodating. In our communities, our worshipping communities now, we have become too exclusivist. People are tied in small groups and exclude one another. Even in our village communities, in our states, in our countries, we have become too exclusive. Love is patient, is kind. It is not jealous or boastful. And when you talk of jealousy, jealousy and envy are two feelings that are associated with when we think certain things cannot go round. You feel jealous when you think love that is meant for you is being given to another person. But you feel envy when you think that something good that is, should come to you has gone to another person. Love is not jealous. And why is love not jealous? Because love really sees the good of the other person as one's own good as well. If something good happens to you, I lose nothing because I'm also part of your life and of your being. Because we are all united in one body. 
just like Paul was saying last Sunday, when the eye is seeing clearly, it is for the benefit of the feet as well, so that the feet will see how to walk. So what good that happens to you does not deprive me of anything. And he goes on to enumerate other qualities, things that love is not. If I were to comment further and suggest some addition by way of explanation, the next line is that love is not arrogant and it is not rude. This is one of the most difficult aspects of love because we hear that love forgives everything. It is not resentful. But love is not arrogant. That means the person who loves and the person who is loved is humble enough to admit when he or she makes a mistake and ask for pardon. Love is not arrogant and it is not rude. It does not insist on its own way. If you come to some groups, some families, some communities, you think there is peace because people have accepted or the other person has accepted that one person must always be right. And I did mention last Sunday that when every attention is paid to only one part of the body, then that part of the body is sick. Because if the part of the body is functioning normally, it is not even noticed. But arrogant persons are such that only what they see is correct. And only their opinion is right. And how can there be love in that type of environment where the other person's opinion does not matter? So Paul is trying to remind all of us that we have to be accommodative of the others and give room also for our own limitations, admit our own limitations. If we do not accept that we have our limitations, we cannot even grow and we cannot increase in our own wealth. And of course, if you start rejoicing when somebody receives a, a, some misfortune or has some misfortune, it is the same thing as being envious when something good happens to another. My dear friends, what I see in all this, and Paul says, every other gift we have will end. But the only one that will not end is love. Why? Because that love is God. John tells us in his first letter, chapter 4, verse 8, and verse 16, that God is love. So the love that Paul is talking about is beyond the human feeling we have towards one another. But it is built upon it. 
it perfects that feeling we have, the good feeling we have towards one another. It perfects it and it makes it to become something better. And because this love will never die, it can only be founded on a being that never dies, God himself. And when Jesus was speaking to his disciples in John chapter 15, when he told them, I am the vine and you are the branches, and without me, you cannot do anything. Cut off from me, you can do nothing. Only if you remain in me will you bear fruit that will last. It is in this sense that we have to understand, my dear friends, that this love that Christ gives us as a gift can only be nourished and can only grow if we remain united with him in faith. If we remain in him, because through our personal effort, it is not possible to love the way Jesus has taught us to love. For greater love has no human being than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. A love that binds everything. A love that does not end. That is one thing that is now so badly needed in our country, Nigeria, to make all the other gifts that God has given us to grow, to blossom. Today, unfortunately, there is a culture of hatred, a culture of hate that is being sown among all the different segments of the society to the point that even when you hear that somebody is a boyfriend or a girlfriend to another, you no longer know what it means. This hatred has got to the point that now young people use their so-called friends for rituals. It has become so common and so rampant. Every day we hear terrible stories. I want to plead to young people and even to adults. The only money ritual that works is hard work. Every other thing they tell you is scam. And besides, those people who are making those money rituals, why do they have to charge you money if they know how to make money without struggle? And this culture of hate is destroying the life that God has given us in this country. As Christians, we have to realize that we have a vocation. And that vocation is to love and to preach love, to live it and to preach it. It is possible, but not without the grace of God. It is not an ideal that is met, meant only for a few people. It is possible, but it is possible only with the grace of God. And that is our vocation as Christians. Because if it were just to depend on our natural efforts, the tendency would be to give up. Because from time to time, 
you will encounter the opposition and the rejection that Jesus encountered in Nazareth when he came to proclaim this love to his people. May we never get tired of living out this love. May we never lose sight of the fact that the only way to be coherent in love and constant is to be united in Christ. And that is the only way we will make this love go round and go viral. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. May you experience that love in your life, and may you be able to give it to others through Christ our Lord.